Stand By for Places presents the tragical history of Dr. Faustus by Christopher Marlowe. Not marching now in fields of Thrasymene, where Mars did mate the Carthaginians, nor sporting in the dalliance of love, in courts of kings where state is overturned, nor in the pomp of proud, audacious deeds intends our muse to vaunt her heavenly verse. Only this, gentlemen, we must perform the form of Faustus's fortunes, good or bad. To patient judgments we appeal our plaud, and speak for Faustus in her infancy, now she is born, her parents' base of stock, in Germany within a town called Rhodes. Of riper years, to Wittenberg she went, whereas her kinsmen chiefly brought her up. So soon she profits in divinity, the fruitful plot of scholarism graced, that shortly she was graced with doctor's name, excelling all whose sweet delight disputes in heavenly matters of theology, till swoln with cunning of a self-conceit, her waxen wings did mount above her reach, and melting heavens conspired her overthrow. For falling to a devilish exercise, and glutted now with learning's golden gifts, she surfeits upon cursed necromancy. Nothing so sweet as magic is to her, which she prefers before her cheapest bliss, and this the soul that in her study sits. Settle thy studies, Faustus, and begin to sound the depth of that thou wilt profess. Having commenced, be a divine in show, yet level at the end of every art, and live and die in Aristotle's works. Sweet analytics, tis thou hast ravished me. Bene disere est finis logices. Is to dispute, well, logic's chiefest end? Affords this art no greater miracle? Then read no more, thou hast attained that end. A greater subject fitteth Faustus' wit. Bid economy farewell, and Galen come. Be a physician, Faustus, heap up gold, and be eternized for some wondrous cure. Summum bonum medicane sanitas. The end of physic is our body's health. Why, Faustus, hast thou not attained that end? Is not thy common talk sound aphorisms? Are not thy bills hung up as monuments whereby whole cities have escaped the plague and thousands desperate maladies been eased? Yet thou art still but Faustus, and a man. Wouldst thou make man to live eternally, or being dead, raise them to life again? Then this profession were to be esteemed. Physic, farewell. Where's Justinian? A pretty case of paltry legacies. Such is the subject of the institute and universal body of the law. His study fits a mercenary drudge who aims at nothing but external trash. Too servile and illiberal for me. When all is done, 
divinity is best. Jerome's Bible, Faustus, view it well. The reward of sin is death? That's hard. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and there's no truth in us. Why then be like we must sin and so consequently die? I, we must die an everlasting death. What doctrine call you this? Que sera, sera? What will be, shall be? Divinity, adieu. These metaphysics of magicians and necromantic books are heavenly. Lines, circles, letters, and characters, aye. These are those that Faustus most desires. Oh, what a world of profit and delight, of power, of honor, of omnipotence is promised to the studious artisan. All things that move between the quiet poles shall be at my command. Emperors and kings are but obeyed in their several provinces, nor can they raise the wind or rend the clouds. But in his dominion that exceeds in this, stretches as far as doth the mind of man. A sound magician is a mighty god. Here, Faustus, try thy brains to gain a deity. Fagner! Commend me to my dearest friends, the German Valdez and Cornelius. Request them earnestly to visit me. I will, madam. Their conference would be a greater help to me than all my labors, plod I ne'er so fast. Oh, Faustus, lay that damned book aside and gaze not on it, lest it tempt thy soul and heap God's heavy wrath upon thy head. Read, read the scriptures. That is blasphemy. Go forward, Faustus, in that famous art wherein all nature's treasury is contained. Be thou on earth as Jove is in the sky, lord and commander of these elements. How I'm glutted with conceit of this! Shall I make spirits fetch me what I please? Resolve me of all my ambiguities? Perform what desperate enterprise I will? I'll have them fly to India for gold, ransack the ocean for orient pearl, and search all corners of the newfound world for pleasant fruits and princely delicates. I'll have them read me strange philosophy and tell the secrets of all foreign kings. I'll have them wall all Germany with brass and make swift Rhine circle fair Wittenberg. I'll have them fill the public schools with silk, wherewith the students shall be bravely clad. I'll levy soldiers with the coin they bring and chase the Prince of Parma from our land and reign sole king of all our provinces. Yea, stranger engines for the brunt of war than was the fiery keel at Antwerp's bridge. I'll make my servile spirits to invent. Come, German Valdez and Cornelius, and make me blessed with your sage conference. Valdez, sweet Valdez and Cornelius, know that your words have won me at the last to practice magic and concealed arts. Yet not your words only, but mine own fantasy that will receive no object, for my head but ruminates on necromantic skill. Philosophy is odious and obscure. Both law and physic are for petty wits. Divinity is basest of the three. Unpleasant, harsh, contemptible, and vild. Tis magic, magic that have ravished me. Then, gentle friends, aid me in this attempt. 
and I, that have with concise syllogism, crabbled the pastors of the German church, will be as cunning as Agrippa was, whose shadows made all Europe honor him. Faustus, these books, thy wit, and our experience, shall make all nations to canonize us. Shall the subject of every element be always serviceable unto us three? Like lions shall they guard us when we please. Like all main rudders with their horsemen's staves, or Lapland giants trotting by our sides. Sometimes like women or unwedded maids shadowing more beauty in their airy brows than in the white breasts of the queen of love from venice shall they drag huge argosies and from america the golden fleece that yearly stuffs old philip's treasury if learned faustus will be resolute Valdez, as resolute am i in this as thou to live therefore object it not the miracles that magic will perform will make thee vow to study nothing else he that is grounded in astrology, enriched with tongues, well seen in minerals, hath all the principles magic doth require. Then doubt not, Faustus, but to be renowned, and more frequent for this mystery than heretofore the Delphian oracle. The spirits tell me they can dry the sea and fetch the treasure of all foreign wrecks, aye, all the wealth that our forefathers hid within the massy entrails of the earth. Then tell me, Faustus, what shall we three want? Nothing, Cornelius. Oh, this cheers my soul. Come, show me some demonstrations magical, that I may conjure in some lusty grove, and have these joys in full possession. Then haste thee to some solitary grove, and bear wise Bacon's and Albertus work, the Hebrew Psalter and the New Testament, and whatsoever else is requisite. We will inform thee ere our conference cease. Valdez, let her first know the words of art, and then all other ceremonies learned, Faustus may try this cunning by herself. First I'll instruct thee in the rudiments, and then wilt thou be perfecter than I. Then come and dine with me, and after meat will canvass every quiddity thereof. For ere I sleep, I'll try what I can do. This night I'll conjure, though I die therefore. I wonder what's become of Faustus that was wont to make our schools ring with sick probo. That shall we know, for see, here comes her aid. How now, Sierra, where's thy master? God in heaven knows. Why, dost not thou know? Yes, I know, but that follows not. Go to, Sierra, leave your jesting and tell us where she is. That follows not necessary by force of argument, that you, being licentiates, should stand upon it. Therefore, acknowledge your error and be attentive. Why, didst thou not say thou knewst? Have you any witness on it? Yes, Sirrah, I heard you. Ask my fellow if I be a thief. Well, you will not tell us? Yes, sir, I will tell you. Yet, if you were not dunces, you would never ask me such a question. For is she not corpus natural? And is that not mobile? Then, wherefore should you ask me such a question? But that I am by nature phlegmatic, slow to wrath, and prone to lechery, to love, I would say. 
If it were not for you to come within forty foot of the place of execution, although I do not doubt to see you both hanged the next session. Thus, having triumphed over you, I will set my countenance like a precision, and begin to speak thus. Truly, my dear brethren, my master is within at dinner, with Valdez and Cornelius, as this wine, if it could speak, it would inform your worships, and so the Lord bless you, preserve you, and keep you, my dear brethren, my dear brethren. Nay, then I fear she is fallen into that damned art for which they two are infamous through the world. Were she a stranger and not allied to me, yet should I grieve for her. But come, let us go and inform the rector, and see if he, by his grave counsel, can reclaim her. Oh, but I fear me nothing can reclaim her. Yet let us try what we can do. Now that the gloomy shadow of the earth, longing to view Orion's drizzling look, leaps from the Antarctic world into the sky, and dims the welkin with her pitchy breath, Faustus, begin thy incantations, and try if devils will obey thy hest, seeing thou hast prayed and sacrificed to them. Within this circle is Jehovah's name, forward and backward, anagrammatized, the abbreviated names of holy saints, figures of every adjunct to the heavens, and characters of signs and erring stars by which the spirits are enforced to rise. Then fear not, Faustus, but be resolute and try the utmost magic can perform. Sint Mihai de Aconotis Propetii, Valet Numen Triplec Jehovah, Ignei, Arei, Aquatani Spiritus Salve, Orientes Principes Beelzebub, Inferne Ardentes Monarca, et de Megorgan, Propetumus Vos, Utaparet et Surgat Mephistophele. Quitu Morares, Per Jehovam Gehenam, et Consecratum Aquum Quam Nunc Spargo, Signuque Crucis Quad Nunc Facio, et Pervota Nostra, Ipsa Nunc Surgat Nobis Dig Actus Mephistophelis. I charge thee to return and change thy shape. Thou art too ugly to attend on me. Go and return an old Franciscan friar. That holy shape becomes a devil best. I see there's virtue in my heavenly words. Who would not be proficient in this art? How pliant is this Mephistopheles, full of obedience and humility. Such is the force of magic in my spells. No, Faustus, thou art conjurer laureate that canst command great Mephistopheles. Now, Faustus, what wouldst thou have me do? I charge thee, wait upon me whilst I live, to do whatever Faustus shall command, be it to make the moon drop from her sphere, or the ocean to overwhelm the world. 
I am a servant to great Lucifer, and may not follow thee without his leave. No more than he commands must we perform. Did he not charge thee to appear to me? No, I came hither of my own accord. Did not my conjuring speeches raise thee? Speak. That was the cause, but yet per accidents. For when we hear one rack the name of God, abjure the scriptures and her Savior Christ, we fly and hope to get her glorious soul. Nor will we come unless she use such means whereby she is in danger to be damned. Therefore, the shortest cut for conjuring is stoutly to abjure the Trinity and pray devoutly to the Prince of Hell. So Faustus hath already done, and holds this principle. There is no chief, but only Beelzebub, to whom Faustus doth dedicate herself. This word, damnation, terrifies not her, for she confounds hell and Elysium. Her ghost be with the old philosophers. But leaving these vain trifles of men's souls, tell me, what is that Lucifer thy lord? Arch-regent and commander of all spirits. Was not that Lucifer an angel once? Yes, Faustus, and most dearly loved of God. How comes it then that he's prince of devils? Oh, by aspiring pride and insolence, for which God threw him from the face of heaven. And what are you that live with Lucifer? Unhappy spirits that fell with Lucifer, conspired against our God with Lucifer, and are forever damned with Lucifer. Where are you damned? In hell. How comes it then that thou art out of hell? Why, this is hell, nor am I out of it. Thinkst thou that I, who saw the face of God and tasted the eternal joys of heaven, am not tormented with ten thousand hells in being deprived of everlasting bliss? O oh, Faustus, leave these frivolous demands which strike a terror to my fainting soul. What? Is great Mephistopheles so passionate for being deprived of the joys of heaven? Learn thou of Faustus' strength and fortitude, and scorn those joys thou never shalt possess. Go bear those tidings to great Lucifer. Seeing Faustus hath incurred eternal death by desperate thoughts against Jove's deity, say she surrenders up to him her soul, so he will spare her four and twenty years, letting her live in all voluptuousness, having thee ever to attend on me, to give me whatsoever I shall ask, to tell me whatsoever I demand, to slay mine enemies and aid my friends, and always be obedient to my will. Go and return to mighty Lucifer, and meet me in my study at midnight, and then resolve me of thy master's mind. I will, Faustus. Had I as many souls as there be stars, I'd give them all for Mephistopheles. By him, I'll be great emperor of the world, and make a bridge through the moving air. To pass the ocean with a band of men, I'll join the hills that bind the Afric shore and make that land country to Spain, and both contributory to my crown. The emperor shall not live but by my leave, nor any potentate of Germany. Now that I've obtained what I desired, I'll live in speculation of this art till Mephistopheles return again. Sira, boy, come hither. 
How, boy? Swoons, boy? I hope you have seen many boys with such pick-a-devants as I have. Boy, quotha. Tell me, Sira, hast thou any comings in? I and goings out, too, you may see else. Alas, poor slave, see how poverty jesteth at his nakedness. The villain is bare and out of service, and so hungry that I know he would give his soul to the devil for a shoulder of mutton, though it were blood raw. How? My soul to the devil for a shoulder of mutton, though it were blood raw? Not so, good friend, for lady. I had need have it well roasted and good sauce to it, if I pay so dear. Well. Wilt thou serve me, and I'll make thee go like Queen Mihi Discipulus? How? In verse? No, Sirrah, in beaten silk and staves acre. How, how? Knaves acre? Aye, I thought that was all the land his father left him. Do you hear? I would be sorry to rob you of your living. Sirrah, I say in staves acre. Oh, ho, ho, staves acre. Why then, belike, if I were your man, I should be full of vermin. So thou shalt, whether thou beest with me or no. But, Sirrah, leave your jesting and bind yourself presently unto me for seven years, or I'll turn all the lice about thee into familiars, and they shall tear thee in pieces. Do you hear, sir? You may save that labor. They are too familiar with me already. Swoons, they are as bold with my flesh as if they had paid for my meat and drink. Well, do you hear, Sierra? Hold, take these gilders. Gridirons? What be they? Why, French crowns. Mass, but for the name of French crowns, a man were as good have as many English counters. And what should I do with these? Why now, Sirrah, thou art at an hour's warning, whensoever or wheresoever the devil shall fetch thee. No, no, here, take your gridirons again. Truly, I'll none of them. Truly, but you shall. Bear witness, I gave them him. Bear witness, I give them you again. Well, I will cause two devils presently to fetch thee away. Balliol and Belcher! Let your Balio and your Belcher come here, and I'll knock them. They were never so knocked since they were devils. Say I should kill one of them, what would folks say? Do ye see yonder tall fellow in the round slop? He has killed the devil. So I should be called Kill Devil all the parish over. Ah! Uh, 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 uh. Balio and Belcher, spirits away. What? Are they gone? A vengeance on them. Well, Sirrah, follow me. But do you hear? If I should serve you, would you teach me to raise up Banios and Belchios? I will teach thee to turn thyself to anything. To a dog, or a cat, or a mouse, or a rat, or anything. How? A Christian fellow to a dog, or a cat, a mouse, or a rat? No, no, sir. If you turn me into anything, let it be in the likeness of a little pretty frisking flea, that I may be here, and there, and everywhere. 
Oh, I'll tickle the pretty wench's plackets. I'll be amongst them, i'faith. Well, Sira, come. But do you hear, Wagner? How? Baliol and Belcher? Oh, Lord, I pray, sir, let Banio and Belchio go sleep. Villain, call me Master Wagner, and let thy left eye be diametrically fixed upon my right heel. God forgive me. He speaks Dutch Fustian. Well, I'll follow him. I'll serve him. That's flat. Now, Faustus, must thou needs be damned, and canst thou not be saved? What boots it, then, to think of God or heaven? Away with such vain fancies and despair. Despair in God and trust in Beelzebub. Now go not backward, no, Faustus, be resolute. Why waverest thou? Oh, something soundeth in mine ears. Adjure this magic, turn to God again. Aye, and Faustus will turn to God again. To God, he loves thee not. The God thou serv'st is thine own appetite, wherein is fixed the love of Beelzebub. To him I'll build an altar in a church, and offer lukewarm blood of newborn babes. Sweet Faustus, leave that execrable art. Contrition, prayer, repentance. What of them? They are means to bring thee unto heaven. Rather illusions, fruits of lunacy that makes men foolish that do trust them most. Sweet Faustus, think of heaven and heavenly things. No, Faustus, think of honor and of wealth. Of wealth? Why, the Signory of Ebden shall be mine, when Mephistopheles shall stand by me. What god can hurt thee, Faustus? Thou art safe. Cast no more doubts. Come, Mephistopheles, and bring glad tidings from great Lucifer. Come, Mephistopheles, vine, vine, Mephistopheles. Now tell me, what says Lucifer, thy lord? That I shall wait on Faustus whilst she lives, so she will buy my service with her soul. Already Faustus has had that for me. But Faustus, thou must bequeath it solemnly, and write a deed of gift with thine own blood, for that security craves great Lucifer. If thou deny it, I'll back to hell. Stay, Mephistopheles, and tell me, what good will my soul do thy lord? Enlarge his kingdom. Is that the reason why he tempts us thus? Solomon miseris socios habuise dolores. Why, have you any pain that tortures others? As great as have the human souls of men. But tell me, Faustus, shall I have thy soul? And will I be thy slave, and wait on thee, and give thee more than thou hast writ to ask? Ay, Mephistopheles, I give it thee. Then, Faustus, stab thine arm courageously, and bind thy soul, that at some certain day great Lucifer may claim it as his own. And then be thou as great as Lucifer. <clears throat> Lo, Mephistopheles, for love of thee, I cut mine arm, and with my proper blood assure my soul to be great Lucifer's, chief lord and regent of perpetual night. View here the blood that trickles from mine arm, and let it be propitious for my wish. But Faustus, thou must write it in manner of a deed of gift. Aye, and so I will. 
Mephistopheles, my blood congeals and I can write no more. Uh, I'll fetch thee fire to dissolve it straight. What might the staying of my blood portend? Is it unwilling I should write this bill? Why streams it not, that I may write afresh? Faustus gives to thee her soul. Ah, there it stayed. Why shouldst thou not? Is not thy soul thine own? Then write again. Faustus gives to thee her soul. Here's fire. Come, Faustus, set it on. So, now the blood begins to clear again. Now will I make an end immediately. Oh, what will not I do to obtain her soul? The spill is ended, and Faustus has bequeathed her soul to Lucifer. But what is this inscription on mine arm? Faustus, run? Whither should I fly? If unto God, he'll throw me down to hell. My senses are deceived. Here's nothing writ. I see it plain. Here in this place is writ, Faustus, run. Yet shall not Faustus fly. I'll fetch her somewhat to delight her mind. Mephistopheles, what means this show? Nothing, Faustus, but to delight thy mind withal, and to show thee what magic can perform. But may I raise up spirits when I please? Aye, Faustus, and do greater things than these. Then there's enough for a thousand souls. Here, Mephistopheles, receive this scroll, a deed of gift of body and of soul, but yet conditionally that thou perform all articles prescribed between us both. Faustus, I swear by hell and Lucifer to effect all promises between us made. Then hear me read them. On these conditions following, first, that Faustus may be a spirit in form and substance. Secondly, that Mephistopheles shall be her servant and at her command. Thirdly, that Mephistopheles shall do for her and bring her whatsoever. Fourthly, that he shall be in her chamber or house invisible. Lastly, that he shall appear to the said John Faustus at all times in what form or shape soever she please. I, John Faustus of Wittenberg, doctor by these presents, do give both body and soul to Lucifer, Prince of the East, and his minister, Mephistopheles, and furthermore grant unto them that twenty-four years being expired, the articles above written in violet, full power to fetch or carry the said John Faustus, body and soul, flesh, blood, or goods, into their habitation wheresoever, by me, John Faustus. Speak, Faustus. Do you deliver this as your deed? Ay, take it, and the devil give thee good aunt. Now, Faustus, ask what thou wilt. First will I question with thee about hell. Tell me, where is this place that men call hell? Under the heavens. Aye, but whereabout? Within the bowels of these elements, where we are tortured and remain forever. 
Hell hath no limits, nor is circumscribed in oneself placed. For where we are is hell, and where hell is, there must we ever be. And to conclude, when all the world dissolves and every creature shall be purified, all places shall be hell that is not heaven. Come, I think hell's a fable. I think so still till experience change thy mind. Why thinkst thou then that Faustus shall be damned? I have necessity, for here's the scroll wherein thou hast given thy soul to Lucifer. I and body too, but what of that? Thinkst thou that Faustus is so fond to imagine that after this life there's any pain? These are trifles and mere old wives' tales. But Faustus, I am an instance to prove the contrary, for I am damned and am now in hell. How now in hell? Nay, and this be hell, I'll willingly be damned here. What, sleeping, eating, walking, and disputing? But leaving off this, let me have a wife, the fairest maid in Germany, for I'm wanton and lascivious, and I cannot live without a wife. How, a wife? I prithee, Faustus, talk not of a wife. Nay, sweet Mephistopheles, fetch me one, for I will have one. Well, thou wilt have one. Sit there till I come. I'll fetch thee a wife in the devil's name. <laughs> Tell me, Faustus, how dost thou like thy wife? A plague on her for a hot whore. Faustus, marriage is but a ceremonial toy. If thou lovest me, think no more of it. I'll cull thee out the fairest courtesans and bring them every morning to thy bed. She whom thine eye shall like, thy heart shall have. Be she as chaste as was Penelope, as wise as Saba, or as beautiful as was bright Lucifer before his fall. Hold, take this book, peruse it thoroughly. The iterating of these lines brings gold. The framing of this circle on the ground brings whirlwinds, tempests, thunder, and lightning. Pronounce this thrice devoutly to thyself, and men in armor shall appear to thee, ready to execute what thou desirest. Thanks, Mephistopheles. Yet fain would I have a book wherein I might behold all spells and incantations, that I might raise up spirits when I please. Here they are in this book. Now would I have a book where I might see all characters and planets of the heavens, that I might know their motions and dispositions? Here they are too. Nay, let me have one book more, and then I've done, wherein I might see all plants, herbs, and trees that grow upon the earth. Here they be. Oh, thou art deceived. I warrant thee. This is admirable. Here I have stolen one of Dr. Faustus's conjuring books, and in faith, I mean to search some circles for my own use. Now will I make all the maidens in our parish dance at my pleasure, stark naked before me, and so by that means I shall see more than e'er I felt or saw yet. Robin, prithee come away! There's a gentleman tarries to have his horse, and he would have his things rubbed and made clean. 
He keeps such a chafing with my mistress about it, and she has sent me to look thee out. Prithee, come away. Keep out, keep out, or else you are blown up. You are dismembered, Ralph. Keep out, for I am about a roaring piece of work. Come, what dost thou with that same book? Thou canst not read. Yes, my master and mistress shall find that I can read. He for his forehead, she for her private study. She's born to bear with me, or else my art fails. Why, Robin, what book is that? What book? Why, the most intolerable book for conjuring that e'er was invented by any brimstone devil. Canst thou conjure with it? I can do all these things easily with it. First, I can make thee drunk with Ippocras at any tavern in Europe for nothing. That's one of my conjuring works. Our master parson says that's nothing. True. Ralph, and more, Ralph, if thou hast any mind to Nanspit, our kitchen maid, then turn her and wind her to thy own use, as often as thou wilt, and at midnight. Oh, brave Robin, shall I have Nanspit and to mine own use? On that condition, I'll feed thy devil with horse bread as long as he lives of free cost. No more, sweet Ralph. Let's go and make clean our boots, which lie foul upon our hands, and then to our conjuring in the devil's name. When I behold the heavens, then I repent, and curse thee, wicked Mephistopheles, because thou hast deprived me of those joys. Why, Faustus, thinkest thou heaven is such a glorious thing? I tell thee, tis not half so fair as thou or any man that breathes on earth. How provest thou that? It was made for man, therefore is man more excellent. If it were made for man, t'was made for me. I will renounce this magic and repent. Faustus, repent, yet God will pity thee. Thou art a spirit, God cannot pity thee. Who buzzeth in mine ears? I am a spirit. Be I a devil, yet God may pity me. Aye, God will pity me if I repent. Aye, but Faustus never shall repent. My heart's so hardened, I cannot repent. Scarce can I name salvation, faith, or heaven, but fearful echoes thunder in mine ears. Faustus, thou art damned! Then swords and knives, poison, guns, halters, and envenomed steel are laid before me to dispatch myself, and long ere this I should have slain myself. Had not sweet pleasure conquered deep despair? Have I not made blind Homer sing to me of Alexander's love and Anoni's death? And hath not he that built the walls of Thebes with ravishing sounds of his melodious harp made music with my Mephistopheles? Why should I die then, or basely despair? I'm resolved. Faustus shall ne'er repent. 
Come, Mephistopheles, let us dispute again and argue of divine astrology. Tell me, are there many heavens above the moon? Are all celestial bodies but one globe, as is the substance of the centric earth? As are the elements, such are the spheres, mutually folded in each other's orb. And, Faustus, all jointly move upon one axle-tree, whose termini is termed the world's wide pole. Nor are the names of Saturn, Mars, or Jupiter feigned, but are erring stars. But tell me, have they all one motion, both? All jointly move from east to west in twenty-four hours upon the poles of the world, but differ in their motion upon the poles of the zodiac. <sighs> These slender trifles Wagner can decide. Had Mephistopheles no greater skill? Who knows not the double motion of the planets? The first is finished in a natural day. The second thus, as Saturn in thirty years, Jupiter in twelve, Mars in four, the sun, Venus, and Mercury in a year, the moon in twenty-eight days. These are a freshman's suppositions. But tell me, hath every sphere a dominion or intelligentia? Aye. How many heavens or spheres are there? Nine. The seven planets, the firmament, and the imperial heaven. Well, resolve me in this question. Why have we not conjunctions, oppositions, aspects, eclipses, all at one time, but in some years we have more, in some less? Per inaequalum modum respectu todius. Well, I'm answered. Tell me, who made the world? I will not. Sweet Mephistopheles, tell me. Move me not, for I will not tell thee. Oh, villain! Have I not bound thee to tell me anything? Aye, that is not against our kingdom, but this is. Think on hell, Faustus, for thou art damned. Think, Faustus, upon God that made the world. Remember this. I go, accursed spirit, to ugly hell. Tis thou as damned, distressed Faustus' soul. It's not too late. Too late. Never too late, if Faustus can repent. If thou repent, devils shall tear thee in pieces. Repent, and they shall never raise thy skin. Ah, oh, Christ, my Savior, seek to save distressed Faustus' soul. Christ cannot save thy soul, for he is just. There's none but I have interest in the same. Oh, who art thou that looks so terrible? I am Lucifer. O oh, Faustus, they are come to fetch away thy soul. We come to tell thee thou dost injure us. Thou talkst of Christ contrary to thy promise. Thou shouldst not think of God, think of the devil. Nor will I henceforth pardon me in this. And Faustus vows never to look to heaven, never to name God or to pray to him, to burn his scriptures, slay his ministers, and make my spirits pull his churches down. Do so, and we will highly gratify thee. Faustus, we are come from hell to show thee some pastime. Sit down, and thou shalt see all the seven deadly sins appear in their proper shapes. That sight will be as pleasing unto me as paradise was to Adam the first day of his creation. Talk not of paradise nor creation, but mark this show. Talk of the devil and nothing else. Now, Faustus, examine them of their several names and dispositions. What art thou, the first? 
I am pride. I disdain to have any parents. I am like to Ovid's flea. I can creep into every corner of a wench. Sometimes, like a periwig, I sit upon her brow. Or, like a fan of feathers, I kiss her lips. <laughs> Indeed I do. What do I not? But, fie, what a scent is here. I'll not speak another word, except the ground were perfumed and covered with cloth of Eris. What art thou, the second? I am covetousness, begotten of an old churl in an old leathern bag, and, might I have my wish, I would desire that this house and all the people in it were turned to gold, that I might lock you up in my good chest. Oh, my sweet gold. What art thou, the third? I am wrath. I had neither father nor mother. I leapt out of a lion's mouth when I was scarce half an hour old, and ever since I have run up and down the world with this case of rapiers, wounding myself when I had nobody to fight withal. I was born in hell and look to it, for some of you shall be my father. What art thou the fourth? I am envy, begotten of a chimney sweeper and an oyster wife. I cannot read and therefore wish all books were burnt. I am lean with seeing others eat. Oh, that there would come a famine through all the world, that all might die and I live alone, then thou should see how fat I would be. But must thou sit and I stand? Come down with a vengeance. Away, envious rascal! What art thou, the fifth? Who? I, sir? I am gluttony. My parents are all dead, and the devil a penny they have left me, but a bare pension, and that is thirty meals a day, and ten bevers, a small trifle to suffice nature. Oh, I come of a royal parentage. My grandfather was a gammon of bacon, my grandmother a hogshead of claret wine, my godfathers were these, Peter Pickle Herring and Martin Martlemas Beef. Oh, but my godmother, she was a jolly gentlewoman and well-beloved in every good town and city. Her name was Mistress Marjorie Marchbeer. Now, Faustus, thou hast heard all my progeny. Wilt thou bid me to supper? No, I'll see thee hanged. Thou wilt eat all my victuals. Then the devil choke thee. Choke thyself, glutton. What art thou, the sixth? I am sloth. I was begotten on a sunny bank where I have lain ever since. And you have done great injury to bring me from thence. Let me be carried thither again by gluttony and lechery. I'll not speak another word for a king's ransom. What are you, Mistress Minx, the seventh and the last? Who? I, sir? I am one that loves an inch of raw mutton better than an ell of fried stockfish, and the first letter of my name begins with lechery. Away to hell, to hell! Now, Faustus, how dost thou like this? Oh, 
this feeds my soul. Tod Faustus, in hell is all manner of delight. Oh, might I see hell, and return again? How happy were I then? Thou shalt. I will send for thee at midnight. In meantime, take this book, peruse it thoroughly, and thou shalt turn thyself into what shape thou wilt. Great thanks, mighty Lucifer. This will I keep as cherry as my life. Farewell, Faustus, and think on the devil. Farewell, great Lucifer. Come, Mephistopheles. Learned Faustus, to know the secrets of astronomy graven in the book of Jove's high firmament, did mount herself to scale Olympus's top, being seated in a chariot burning bright, drawn by the strength of yoki dragon's necks, she has now gone to prove cosmography, and, as I guess, will first arrive at Rome to see the Pope and manner of his court, and take some part of Holy Peter's feast that to this day is highly solemnized. Having now, my good Mephistopheles, passed with delight the stately town of Trier, environed round with airy mountain tops, with walls of flint and deep entrenched lakes, not to be won by any conquering prince. From Paris next, coasting the realm of France, we saw the river Main fall into Rhine, whose banks are set with groves of fruitful vines. Then up to Naples, rich Campania, whose buildings fair and gorgeous to the eye, the streets straight forth and paved with the finest brick, quartered the town in four equivalents. There saw we learned Morrow's golden tomb, the way he cut an English mile in length through a rock of stone in one night's space. From thence to Venice, Padua and the rest, in midst of which a sumptuous temple stands that threats the stars with her aspiring top. Thus hitherto hath Faustus spent her time. But tell me now, what resting place is this? Hast thou, as erst I did command, conducted me within the walls of Rome? Faustus, I have. And, because we will not be unprovided, I have taken up his holiness's privy chamber for our use. I hope his holiness will bid us welcome. Tis no matter. We'll be bold with his good cheer. And now, my Faustus, that thou mayst perceive what Rome containeth to delight thee with. Know that the city stands upon seven hills that underprop the groundwork of the same. Just through the midst runs flowing Tiber stream with winding banks that cut it in two parts, over the which four stately bridges lean that make safe passage to each part of Rome. Upon the bridge called Ponto Angelo erected is a castle passing strong, within whose walls such store of ordnance are, and double cannons framed of carved brass as match the days within one complete year. Besides the gates and high pyramides, which Julius Caesar brought from Africa. Now, by the kingdoms of infernal rule, of Styx, of Acheron, and the fiery lake of ever-burning Phlegethon, I swear that I do long to see the monuments and situation of bright, splendid Rome. Come, therefore, let's away. Nay, Faustus, stay. I know you'd fain see the Pope and take some part of Holy Peter's feast where thou shalt see a troop of bald-pate friars whose summon bonum is in belly cheer. Well, I'm content to compass then some sport, and by their folly make us merriment. Then charm me, that I may be invisible to do what I please, unseen of any, whilst I stay in Rome. 
so faustus now do what thou wilt thou shalt not be discerned my lord of lorraine will please you draw near fall to and the devil choke you and you spare how now who is that which spake friars look about here's nobody if it like your holiness my lord here is a dainty dish was sent me from the bishop of milan i thank you sir how now who's that which snatched the meat from me will no man look my lord this dish was sent me from the cardinal of florence you say true i'll hat what again my lord i'll drink to your grace i'll pledge your grace my lord it may be some ghost newly crept out of purgatory come to beg a pardon of your holiness it may be so friars prepare a dirge to lay the fury of this ghost once again my lord fall to what are you crossing of yourself well use that trick no more i would advise you well there's the second time aware the third i give you fair warning come on mephistopheles what shall we do nay i know not we shall be cursed with bell book and candle how bell book and candle candle book and bell forward and backward to curse faustus to hell anon you shall hear a hog grunt a calf bleat and an ass bray because it's saint peter's holiday come brethren let us about our business with good devotion Come, Ralph, did not I tell thee we were forever made by this Dr. Faustus's book? Here's a simple purchase for horsekeepers. Our horses shall eat no hay as long as this lasts. But, Robin, here comes the vintner. Hush, I'll go him supernaturally. Drawer, I hope all is paid. God be with you. Come, Ralph. A soft, sir, a word with you? I must yet have a goblet paid from you ere you go. I? A goblet? <laughs> Ralph, I, a goblet. I scorn you, and you are but a, a pissant. <laughs> I, a goblet. Search me. I mean so, sir, with your favor. How say you now? I must say somewhat to your fellow. You, sir. Me, sir? Me, sir? Search your fill. Now, 
Sir, you may be ashamed to burden honest men with a matter of truth. Well, one of you hath this goblet about you. You lie, drawer. Tis afore me. Sarah, you, I'll teach you to impeach honest men. Stand by. I'll scour you for a goblet. Stand aside, you at best. I charge you in the name of Beelzebub. Look to the goblet, Ralph. What mean you, Sirrah? I'll tell you what I mean. Sancto Bellorum Parabrasticon. Nay, I'll tickle you, Vintner. Look to the goblet, Ralph. Polly Pragmos Belsiborams Fermanto. Pacostophos Toastu. Mephistopheles. Oh, nomine, domine. Here's thy goblet, good vintner. What shall I do? Good devil, forgive me now, and I'll never rob thy library more. Monarch of hell, under whose black survey great potentates do kneel with awful fear, upon whose altars thousand souls do lie. How am I vexed with these villains' charms? From the Roman noble am I hither come only for pleasure of these damned slaves. How? From Rome? You have had a great journey. Will you take sixpence in your purse to pay for your supper and uh, be gone? <laughs> well, villains, for your presumption, I transform thee into an ape and thee into a dog. And so be gone. <laughs> How? Into an ape? That's brave. I'll have fine sport with the boys. I'll get nuts and apples enough. And I must be a dog! In faith, thy head will never be out of the pottage pot. When Faustus had, with pleasure, tain the view of rarest things and royal courts of kings, she stayed her course, and so returned home, where such as bear her absence but with grief, I mean her friends and nearest companions, did gratulate her safety with kind words, and in their conference of what befell, touching her journey through the world and air, they put forth questions of astrology, which Faustus answered with such learned skill, as they admired and wondered at her wit. Now as her fame spread forth in every land, Amongst the rest, the emperor is one, Carolus V, at whose palace now Faustus is feasted amongst his noblemen. What there she did, in trial of her art, I leave untold. Your eyes shall see it performed. Master Dr. Faustus. I have heard strange report of thy knowledge in the black art, how that none in my empire nor in the whole world can compare with thee for the rare effects of magic. They say thou hast a familiar spirit by whom thou canst accomplish what thou list. This, therefore, is my request, that thou let me see some proof of thy skill, that mine eyes may be witnesses to confirm what mine ears have heard reported. And here I swear to thee, by the honor of mine imperial crown, that whatever thou doest, thou shalt be no ways prejudiced or endamaged. Mm. 
face, she looked much like a conjurer. My gracious sovereign, though I must confess myself far inferior to the report men have published, and nothing answerable to the honor of your imperial majesty, yet, for that love and duty binds me thereunto, I am content to do whatsoever your majesty shall command me. Then, Dr. Faustus, mark what I shall say. As I was sometimes solitary set within my closet, sundry thoughts arose about the honor of mine ancestors. How they had won by prowess such exploits, got such riches, subdued so many kingdoms, as we that do succeed, or they that shall hereafter possess our throne, shall I fear me ne'er attain to that degree of high renown and great authority, amongst which kings is Alexander the Great the chief spectacle of the world's preeminence, the bright shining of whose glorious acts lightens the world with his reflecting beams, as when I hear but motion made of him, it grieves my soul I never saw the man. If, therefore, thou, by cunning of thine art, canst raise this man from hollow vaults below, where lies entombed this famous conqueror, and bring with him his beauteous paramour, both in their right shapes, gesture, and attire they used to wear during their time of life, thou shalt both satisfy my just desire, and give me cause to praise thee whilst I live. My gracious lord, I am ready to accomplish your request, so far forth as by art and power of my spirit I am able to perform. Ye faith, that's just nothing at all. But, if it like your grace, it's not in my ability to present before your eyes the true substantial bodies of those two deceased princes, which long since are consumed to dust. I marry, Master Doctor, now there's a sign of grace in you when you will confess the truth. But such spirits as can lively resemble Alexander and his paramour shall appear before your grace, in that manner that they best lived in, in their most flourishing estate, which I doubt not shall sufficiently content your imperial majesty. Go to, Master Doctor. Let me see them presently. Do you hear, Master Doctor? You bring Alexander and his paramour before the emperor. How then, sir? Ye faith, that's as true as Diana turned me to a stag. No, sir, but when Actaeon died, he left the horns for you. Mephistopheles, be gone. Nay, and you go to conjuring, I'll be gone. I'll meet with you anon for interrupting me so. Here they are, my gracious lord. Master Doctor, I heard this man, while he lived, had a wart or mole in his neck. How shall I know whether it be so or no? Your Highness may boldly go and see. Sure, these are no spirits, but the true substantial bodies of those two deceased princes. Will please, Your Highness, now to send for the knight that was so pleasant with me here of late. One of you call him forth. Oh, how now, Sir Knight? Why, I had thought thou hadst been a bachelor, but now I see thou hast a wife that not only gives thee horns, but makes thee wear them. Feel on thy head. Thou damned wretch and execrable dog, bred in the concave of some monstrous rock, how darest thou thus abuse a gentleman? Villain, I say, undo what thou hast done. Oh, not so fast, sir. There's no haste but good. 
Are you remembered how you crossed me in my conference with the Emperor? I think I've met with you for it. Good Master Doctor, at my entreaty, release him. He hath done penance sufficient. My gracious lord, not so much for the injury he offered me here in your presence as to delight you with some mirth. Hath Faustus worthily requited this injurious knight? Which being all I desire, I'm content to release him of his horns. <laughs> and, Sir Knight, hereafter, speak well of scholars. Mephistopheles, transform him straight. Now, my good lord, having done my duty, I humbly take my leave. Farewell, Master Doctor. Yet, ere you go, expect from me a bounteous reward. Now, Mephistopheles, the restless course that time doth run with calm and silent foot, shortening my days and thread of vital life, calls for the pavement of my latest years. Therefore, sweet Mephistopheles, let us make haste to Wittenberg. What, will you go on horseback or on foot? Nay, till I'm past despair and pleasant green, I'll walk on foot. I have been all this day seeking one Master Fustian. Master. See where she is. God save you, Master Doctor. What, horse courser? You are well met. Do you hear, madam? I have brought you forty dollars for your horse. I cannot sell him so. If thou likest him for fifty, take him. Alas, madam, I have no more. I pray you, speak for me. <sighs> I pray you, let him have him. He is an honest fellow, and he has a great charge, neither wife nor child. Well, come, give me your money. My boy will deliver him to you. But I must tell you one thing before you have him. Ride him not into the water at any hand. Why, madam? Will he not drink of all waters? Well, yes, he'll drink of all waters, but ride him not into the water. Ride him over hedge or ditch, or where thou wilt, but not into the water. Well, now am I made man. I'll not leave my horse even for twice forty. If he had but the quality of hey, ding, ding, hey, ding, ding, I'd make a brave living on him. Well, goodbye, madam. Your boy will deliver him me. But hark ye, madam. If my horse be sick or ill at ease, if I bring his water to you, you'll tell me what it is? Away, you villain! What dost thou think I am, a horse doctor? <laughs> oh, alas, alas, Dr. Fustian indeed. Mass Dr. Lopus was never such a doctor. Has given me a purgation, has purged me of Forty dollars? I shall never see them more. But yet, like an ass as I was, I would not be ruled by her, for she bade me I should ride him into no water. Now I, thinking my horse had had some rare quality that she would not have had me known of, I, like a venturous youth, 
rid him into the deep pond at the town's end. I was no sooner in the middle of the pond, but my horse vanished away, and I sat upon a bale of hay, never so near drowning in my life. But I'll seek out my doctor and have my forty dollars again, or I'll make it the dearest horse. Oh, yonder is her snipper-snapper. Do you hear? Yo, hey, pass. Where's your master? Why, sir, what would you? You cannot speak with her. But I will speak with her. Why, she's fast asleep. Come some other time. I'll speak with her now, or I'll break her glass windows about her ears. I tell thee, she has not slept this eight nights. And she have not slept this eight weeks, I'll speak with her. See where she is, fast asleep. Hi, this is she. God save you, Master Doctor. Master Doctor. Master Doctor Fustian. Forty dollars. Forty dollars for a bale of hay. Why thou seest she hears thee not. So ho ho. So ho ho. No, will you not wake? I'll make you wake ere I go. Oh, yes, I am undone. What did I do? Oh, my leg, my leg. Help Mephistopheles, call the officers. Oh, my leg, my leg. Come, villain, to the constable. Oh, Lord, sir, let me go, and I'll give you forty dollars more. Where be they? I have none about me. Come to my ostry, and I'll give them you. Be gone quickly. What? Is he gone? Oh, farewell, he. Faustus has her leg again, and the horse-courser, I take it, a bale of hay for his labor. Well, this trick shall cost him forty dollars more. Faustus, the Duke of Van Holt doth earnestly entreat your company. The Duke of Van Holt? An honorable gentleman, to whom I must not spare in my cunning. Come, Mephistopheles, let's away to him. Believe me, Master Doctor, this merriment hath much pleased me. My gracious lord, I'm glad it contents you so well. But it may be, madam, you take no delight in this. I've heard that great-bellied women do long for some dainties or other. What is it, madam? Tell me, and you shall have it. Thanks, good master doctor. And for I see your courteous intent to pleasure me, I will not hide from you the thing my heart desires. And were it now summer, as it is January and the dead time of the winter, I would desire no better meat than a dish of ripe grapes. Alas, madam, that's nothing. Mephistopheles, be gone. Were it a greater thing than this, so it would content you. You should have it. Here they be, madam. Will please you taste on them? Believe me, Master Doctor, this makes me wonder above the rest. 
that being in the dead time of winter and in the month of January, how you should come by these grapes. If it like your grace, the year is divided into two circles over the whole world, that when it is here winter with us, in the contrary circle it's summer with them, as in India, Saba, and farther countries in the east. And by means of a swift spirit that I have, I had them brought hither, as you see. How do you like them, madam? Be they good? Mm. Believe me, Master Doctor, they be the best grapes that e'er I tasted in my life before. Mm, I'm glad they content you so, madam. Come, madam, let us in, where you must well reward this learned lady for the great kindness she hath shown to you. And so I will, my lord, and whilst I live, rest beholding for this courtesy. I humbly thank your grace. Come, Master Doctor, follow us, and receive your reward. I think my master means to shortly die, for she hath given to me all her goods, and yet methinketh if that death were near, she would not banquet and carouse and swill amongst the students, as even now she doth, who are at supper with such belly cheer as Wagner ne'er beheld in all his life. See where they come. Be like the feast is ended. Master Dr. Faustus, since our conference about fair ladies, which was the beautifulest in all the world, we have determined with ourselves that Helen of Greece was the admirablest lady that ever lived. Therefore, Master Doctor, if you will do us that favor, as to let us see that peerless dame of Greece, we should think ourselves much beholding unto you. Gentlemen, for that I know your friendship is unfade, and Faustus' custom is not to deny thy just request of those that wish her well, you shall behold that peerless dame of Greece. No other ways for pomp and majesty than when Sir Paris crossed the seas with her, and brought the spoils to rich Dardania. Be silent, then, for danger is in words. Too simple is my wit to tell her praise, whom all the world admires for majesty. No marvel, though the angry Greeks pursued with ten years' war the rape of such a queen, whose heavenly beauty passeth all compare. Since we have seen the pride of nature's works, and only paragon of excellence, let us depart, and for this glorious deed, happy and blessed, be Faustus evermore. Gentlemen, Farewell. The same I wish to you. Ah, Dr. Faustus, that I might prevail to guide thy steps unto the way of life by which sweet path thou mayest attain the goal that shall conduct thee to celestial rest. Break heart, drop blood, and mingle it with tears, tears falling from repentant heaviness of thy most vild and loathsome filthiness, the stench whereof corrupts the inward soul with such flagitious crimes of heinous sins as no commiseration may expel but mercy 
Faustus of thy Saviour sweet, whose blood alone must wash away thy guilt. Where art thou, Faustus? Wretch, what hast thou done? Damned art thou, Faustus, damned, despair and die. Hell calls for right, and with a roaring voice says, Faustus, come, thine hour is almost come, and Faustus now will come to do thee right. Ah, stay! Good Faustus, stay thy desperate steps. I see an angel hovers o'er thy head, and with a vial full of precious grace offers to pour the same into thy soul. Then call for mercy, and avoid despair. Ah, my sweet friend, I feel thy words to comfort my distressed soul. Leave me a while to ponder on my sins. I go, sweet Faustus, but with heavy cheer, fearing the ruin of thy hopeless soul. Accursed Faustus, where is mercy now? I do repent, and yet I do despair. Hell strives with grace for conquest in my breast. What shall I do to shun the snares of death? Thou traitor Faustus, I arrest thy soul for disobedience to my sovereign lord. Revolt, or I'll in piecemeal tear thy flesh. Sweet Mephistopheles, entreat thy lord to pardon my unjust presumption, and with my blood again, I'll confirm my former vow I made to Lucifer. Do it then, quickly, with unfeigned heart, lest greater danger do attend thy drift. Torment, sweet friend, that base and crooked age that durst dissuade me from thy Lucifer, with greatest torments that our hell affords. His faith is great, I cannot touch his soul. But what I may afflict his body with, I will attempt, which is but little worth. One thing, good servant, let me crave of thee to glut the longing of my heart's desire, that I might have unto my paramour that heavenly Helen which I saw of late, whose sweet embracings may extinguish clean these thoughts that do dissuade me from my vow, and keep mine oath I made to Lucifer. Faustus, this, or what else thou shalt desire, shall be performed in twinkling of an eye. the face that launched a thousand ships and burnt the topless towers of Ilium? Sweet Helen, make me immortal with a kiss. Her lips suck forth my soul. See where it flies? Come, Helen, come give me my soul again. Here will I dwell, for heaven be in these lips. And all is dross that is not Helena. I will be Paris, and for love of thee, instead of Troy, shall Wittenberg be sacked, and I will combat with weak Menelaus, and wear thy colors on my plumed crest. Yea, I'll wound Achilles in the heel, and then return to Helen for a kiss. Oh, thou art fairer than the evening air, clad in the beauty of a thousand stars. Brighter art thou than flaming Jupiter when he appeared to hapless simile. More lovely than the monarch of the sky, in wanton Arethusa's azure to arms, and none but thou shalt be my paramour. A 
Cursed Faustus, miserable heart, that from thy soul excludest the grace of heaven, and fliest the throne of its tribunal seat. <laughs> Satan begins to sift me with his pride, as in this furnace God shall try my faith. My faith, vile hell, shall triumph over thee. Ambitious fiend, see how the heavens smile at your repulse and laugh your state to scorn. Hence hell, for hence I fly unto my god. Ah, gentlemen. What ails, Faustus? Oh, my sweet chamber fellow. Had I lived with thee, then had I lived still. But now I die eternally. Look, comes he not? Comes he not? What means, Faustus? Belike she has grown into some sickness by being over solitary. If it be so, we'll have physicians to cure her. Tis but a surfeit. Never fear, Faustus. A surfeit of deadly sin that hath damned both body and soul. Yet, Faustus, look up to heaven. Remember God's mercies are infinite. But Faustus' offense can ne'er be pardoned. The serpent that tempted Eve may be saved, but not Faustus. Oh, gentlemen, hear me with patience and tremble not at my speeches. Though my heart pants and quivers to remember that I have been a student here these thirty years. Oh, would I have never seen Wittenberg, never read book. And what wonders I've done. All Germany can witness, yea, all the world, for which Faustus hath lost both Germany and the world. Yea, heaven itself, heaven, the seat of God, the throne of the blessed, the kingdom of joy, and must me remain in hell forever. Hell. Oh, hell, forever! Sweet friends, what shall become of Faustus being in hell forever? Yet Faustus call on God. On God, whom Faustus hath abjured. On God, whom Faustus hath blasphemed. Oh, my God, I would weep. But the devil draws in my tears. Gush forth blood instead of tears. Yea, life and soul. Oh, he stays my tongue. I would lift up my hands, but see, they hold them. They hold them. Who, Faustus? Lucifer and Mephistopheles. Oh, gentlemen, I gave them my soul for my cunning. God forbid. God forbade it indeed. But Faustus hath done it. For vain pleasure of twenty-four years hath Faustus lost eternal joy and felicity. I writ them a bill with mine own blood. The date is expired. The time will come and he will fetch me. Why did not Faustus tell us of this before, that divines might have prayed for thee? Oft have I thought to have done so. But the devil threatened to tear me in pieces. If I named God to fetch body and soul, if I once gave ear to divinity. And now, tis too late. Gentlemen, away, lest you perish with me. Oh, what shall we do to save Faustus? Talk not of me, but save yourselves and depart. God will strengthen me. I will stay with Faustus. Tempt not God, sweet friend, but let us into the next room and there pray for her. I pray for me, pray for me, and what noise soever ye hear, come not unto me, for nothing can rescue me. Pray thou, and we will pray that God may have mercy upon thee. Gentlemen, farewell. If I live till morning, I'll visit you. If not, Faustus is gone to hell. Faustus, farewell. Farewell.
Oh, Faustus, now hast thou but one bare hour to live, and then thou must be damned perpetually. Stand still, you ever-moving spheres of heaven, that time may cease and midnight never come. Fair nature's eye, rise, rise again and make perpetual day, or let this hour be but a year, a month, a week, a natural day, that Faustus may repent and save her soul. Ho lente, lente, curite noctiseki. The stars move still, time runs and the clock will strike, the devil will come and Faustus must be damned. Oh, I'll leap to my God. You know, who pulls me down? See? See where Christ's blood streams in the firmament? One drop would save my soul. Half a drop. Oh, my Christ. Ah, rend not my heart for naming of my Christ. Yet, will I call on him? Oh, spare me, Lucifer. Where is it now? Tis gone. And see where God stretcheth out his arm and bends his awful brows? Mountains and hills, come, come and fall on me and hide me from the heavy wrath of God. No, no, then will I headlong run into the earth, earth gape. Oh no, it will not harbor me. You stars that reigned at my nativity, whose influence hath allotted death and hell, now draw up Faustus like a foggy mist into the entrails of yon laboring cloud that when you vomit forth the air, my limbs may issue from your smoky mouth so that my soul may but ascend to heaven. Oh. Half the hour is past, to all be past anon. God, if thou wilt not have mercy on my soul, yet for Christ's sake, whose blood hath ransomed me, impose some end to my incessant pain. Let Faustus live in hell a thousand years, a hundred thousand, and at last be saved. Oh, no end is limited to damned souls. Why weren't thou not a creature wanting soul? Or why is this immortal that thou hast? Pythagoras' metempsychosis, were that true, this soul should fly from me. I'll be changed onto some brutish beast. All beasts are happy, for when they die, their souls are soon dissolved in elements, but mine must live to be plagued in hell. Cursed be the parents that engendered me. No, Faustus, curse thyself. Curse Lucifer that have deprived thee of the joys of heaven. Oh, it strikes, it strikes. Now body turn to air, oh Lucifer were better be quick to hell. Soul be changed into little water drops and fall into the earth, and there be found. Oh my God, my God, look not so fierce on me. Adders and serpents, let me breathe a while. Ugly hell, gape not. Come not, Lucifer. I'll burn my books. Uh, Mephistopheles. Cut is the branch that might have grown full straight, and burned is Apollo's laurel bough that sometime grew within this learned soul. Faustus is gone. 
regard her hellish fall, whose fiendful fortune may exhort the wise only to wonder at unlawful things, whose deepness doth entice such forward wits to practice more than heavenly power permits. Thank you for listening to this production of The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus, directed, sound designed, and edited by Megan St. Almond. Dramaturgical assistance was provided by Tim Briggs. Sound design assistance was provided by Ren Bell. All sound effects were found on freesound.org. All music was obtained on silvermansound.org and composed by Shane Ivers. Tracks used include Helena's Lament, Unfolding Mirrors, A Few Moments Later, and Dark Side of Mars. Dr. John Faustus was played by Marissa Flores. Mephistopheles was played by Ren Bell. Wagner, Chorus, and Wrath were played by Lauren Brooke Ellis. The Pope, Scholar No. 1, Lucifer, and Gluttony were played by Tim Briggs. The Evil Angel, Envy, and Lechery were played by Lauren Emily Whalen. Cornelius and the Emperor were played by Dominic Hoskins. Scholar No. 2, Robin, the Horse Courser, and Pride were played by Carla Renhofer. Friar, Covetousness and the Duchess of Van Holt were played by Tasha Beryl. The Vintner, the Clown, and Valdez were played by Emily Dawn. Ralph, the Knight, and Sloth were played by Sammy James. The Old Man, the Good Angel, and the Duke of Van Holt were played by Juliana Egley. Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org. For behind-the-scenes content and news on our upcoming projects, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com standbyforplaces or our Instagram at standbyforplacespod.